Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over there and start using it now. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. All right, guys, welcome back. Yeah, EYL yeah. Uh, Nostalgia <laughs> Edition. Edition, yeah, for sure. So if you've been rocking with Earn Your Leisure, you know that um, if you're a day one supporter, day one listener, you know that the first 10 out of 12 episodes yeah, that we did, like that. something yep. along those lines, we didn't we didn't have any guests. We had a whole format of how we, how we created Earn Your Leisure, and it wasn't built on guests. Yeah. It was built on um, case studies. And breaking down trending topics like in in like pop culture versus related to business, mm-hmm. telling stories, it was a whole thing that we had, and yeah. it really became really popular. People liked it, um, and we kind of just fell into having guests by default. Yeah. So like I guess some of the it was inevitable. Yeah. It was inevitable some, some to have guests. guests. So we just had it. Then we just fell in love with having guests, and we just been doing that ever <laughs> since for months and months and months but everywhere we go all of our day one listeners and supporters have always asked like can we get at least one episode how it no. used to be without any guests so we miss y'all man <sighs> this is it this is it the this originators are back yeah so <laughs> back to where we started we gonna we next week we'll be back with, with our regularly scheduled guests um we got a lot of dope interviews with different guests in, in the oven but we wanted to bring it back to where it originally started we actually kind of missed the format yeah, and yeah. um it was actually really dope so yeah. um it, t- it took me back to the times where it was like yo tuesday let's have a meeting what we're gonna talk about thursday let's finalize it and come up with the ideas and saturday let's just shoot it's like that routine kind of changed now but it's good to come back to it man because we always we always gonna have ourselves yeah man. it's like riding a bike it's like riding <laughs> we a always bike, gonna have man. ourselves but, nah, this, is, this is something i'm excited about because we got a lot to talk about and um 
wanted to just kind of just break it up a little bit and just 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 give you guys us. Yeah, man. So so that's what we're gonna do this episode. But before we start, um, by the time you guys hear this, it'll be like a few days until uh, our big DC takeover. DC, man. and um, that's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be crazy. <laughs> I ain't even gotta talk about it too much. We yeah, talk yeah, about yeah, it so yeah. much. But there's a few tickets left for the workshop. VIP is sold out. By the time you hear this, we might be able to get a couple more tickets. I don't know, but workshop, we still have some tickets, a couple of tickets available for that. And it's gonna be a vibe, man. We're yeah. looking forward to we it. We don't put the list of, of people who are gonna be yeah, there. Yeah, everybody's gonna be there, man. Max Maxwell, Ash Cash, Wall Street Trapper, Rashana Scott, Mobile Homes Elite, uh, M2, MG. MG, the mortgage guy, Andy from Y2K Credit Solution, yeah. um, Derek Falcon from Homemade, Sabine, the purpose attorney, Miss business, business. Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. Yeah. So that's like twelve episodes in itself. Yeah, right there. yeah. So like I said, <laughs> we don't even gotta plug it. Hopefully, we see you there. If not, we catch you in the next one. Yeah, ne- yeah. We're gonna release information on the next one pretty soon. But all right, so we are gonna jump right into this episode um, with a trending topic. Yeah, something that um, actually we put it on Instagram like a month and a half ago, and um, we asked like, should we cover this? An overwhelming like 400 responses. Everybody wanted us to cover it, but we just didn't have enough time yeah. because. Yeah, you call. I remember you put it up on like a Thursday and like Friday, you were like, yo, we got to cover this on Saturday. And I'm like, yo, we got a, a few people lined up today. We got an interview. I don't know if we can do it. We're like, yo, let's do it on Instagram Live. I'm like, nah, this needs more than live. This needs, this needs a segment. Yeah, so we didn't really have time, but we just kept it in the back burner. So we're going to cover that. In the first segment, we're going to cover that. Um, and it's it, it regards fashion, licensing, yeah. ownership, um, trademarking, trademarking, all that yeah. stuff. And then in the second segment, we're going to talk about multiple streams of income. Important. Um, EYL's multiple streams of income. So we're going to give you the blueprint and, you know, full transparency is our whole theme. And then the third segment, we're going to talk about some, some different talk. financial topics that people a lot of times aren't fully aware yeah, of. Yeah, no clue. May not understand. No clue. Like, and, and we're going to test your expertise, man. Like, this is questions I had. I'm like... We've never even had these conversations, so it's going to be dope. I get to throw some questions at you. All right, so we're going to start this off with a throwback from the past. Yeah. Everybody's favorite segment that <laughs> we haven't right. done It's only right we do it. 40 episodes. You got to give them the intro like you always do. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, <laughs> without further ado, story time. Here's a little story that must be told. Listen up, gangsters and honeys with your hair done. Best storyteller, thug narrator, my style's greater. So first and foremost, uh, you know, Kanye West, that's- uh, Our brother, we can't throw him away. Yeah, Kanye West, you went to his concert. I go to a lot of, I've been to a, a number of his concerts. I remember the first time I saw him, he was opening up for Usher on a Confessions tour. Yeah. That's how far back I've been Well, you went to his tour. most recent concert. Yeah, I was at the- In uh, LA, <laughs> Jesus is King. We told that story on live, yeah. I went I went to uh, Sunday service, man. Yeah, he went it to was, Sunday service. It was a moment. Um, Cause was we a was moment. at ComplexCon, me, um, Mike, Jamal, you, we was at Complex Con in LA in Long Beach yeah. and he had his show and you brought tickets to the show <laughs> for all of us. Yeah, man. And you um, nice. was about to go, it was in Inglewood and you got in the Uber <laughs> and nobody else got in. Yo, listen, I'm a, let's paint this picture. It was like three o'clock. I'm like, yo, this show starts at, at four. Like I'm calling this Uber right now, guys. I'm, it's a 45 minute ride to Inglewood. Y'all coming with me? Everybody's like, ah. I was like, I'm calling the Uber. We all walked outside. I got in the Uber, I look back, I saw y'all standing on the curb. I said, listen, I'm, I'm closing this door. This is gonna be a, a one-man journey. And I looked, and y'all took two steps backwards, and I closed the door, and I said, I'm going. Yeah, nah, that was a fact. <laughs> Shout out to Kanye, no disrespect. No disrespect, yeah. They left me, y'all. 
just wasn't in the vibe. Just you gotta be mentally prepared for that. And, and I'm not uh, mad at it. I told you when I and I, <laughs> I doubled back. I came back. I was like, you know what? Some things you need to experience by yourself. I kind of need, I needed that, man. It was an emotional moment. So yeah, yeah, shout yeah. out to Sunday. Shout service. out to yeah. You went by yourself, um, but shout out to Complex Con too. That was a dope event. But I say that to say we're gonna talk about Virgil Abloh. Yeah. Right. And um, Virgil, if you Legend. don't if you don't know, is uh, he just recently. Uh, took the head job at the head designer of Louis Vuitton. Louis Vuitton, yeah. I think the men's line of Louis Vuitton, right? Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, and yeah, so he's he's big in fashion, obviously. Yeah. But before that, he's has a brand called Off White. Yep. Off White, if you're not familiar, is huge. It's, it's it's one of these things where all of the rappers wear it, all of the athletes <laughs> wear it, and. It costs a thousand dollars for a T-shirt. It's crazy. It's like you it's, know, off white is like a thing. It's, 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 it's a definitely thing. a thing. It's but so I, I mentioned Kanye West because Virgil comes from Kanye's tree. So when we talk about Kanye's tree, we talk about his musical tree, mm-hmm. right? People that have come from him. Mm-hmm. So the Big Shawns of the world, John Legend. the John Legends of the world, uh, Kid Cudi the influence. Kid Cudi's of the world. Yeah. Um, these are all people that come from Kanye's tree. We can put Drake in there. No, 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 we can't put Drake in there. <laughs> no, 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 we can't play with Drake like that. But um, so, so shout out to the six guard. So, uh, so that's OD. So, but but music is crazy. His 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 um, branches is crazy in music. But even more impressive is his fashion. Yeah. So people, Probably, that, I would say more impressive. The people who come from under Kanye in fashion is Jerry Lorenzo. Yeah, fair God, fair of God. Yep. Um, Virgil Abloh, who we just spoke Obviously about. Obviously, off white. Yep. Um, Don C. Don C, yeah. who uh, worked the Jordan brand. Yep. And what else did he do? He still has it, and he has a, the, the RSVP shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a couple of deals. He did uh, He did a deal with the NBA where he licensed some of their stuff. Yeah, Don C's Don C's dope. And Virgil and Kanye actually moved to- um, the, All of them. They all, all Literally of them. for like six months, and they, they interned- And at, Louis Vuitton. So it's crazy. So, all right. The so, Louis Vuitton Don actually- Nah, Louis Vuitton Don, it. yeah, he got his whole name from that whole vibe. So what happens, okay. So Virgil starts a company called Off-White, right? Mm-hmm. And Off-White blows up. Off-White becomes a really big thing. Yeah. And it's um, one of those things, like I said, where everybody's just, it's like you got to get an Off-White yeah. shirt. Well, or, it started before. Like, he built the buzz because he had that, py- there was like this Pyrex vision, that fashion line that he had done. But it was he was putting it on other pieces of clothing. So you might see a champion sweatshirt, but it had like the Pyrex stuff on it. So Pusha T, obviously, that made sense. Like, he's part of that, that crew, that conglomerate, that Kanye <laughs> conglomerate. So they was wearing it. And then that Pyrex became a, a big thing. Like, Jay wears it, and that was big. And then... Somebody yeah. saw the light in him. Yeah, that's a fact. So, um, Marcelo Braun, that's his uh, name? Berlon. Berlon. Marcelo, yeah. Marcelo. Yeah, you got it. Marcelo Berlon yeah. um, recruits him to come to Italy, right? And so, Mar- he he owns the New Guard group. Yeah, him and, he has two partners. Yeah. Which is a fashion conglomerate, mm-hmm. right? So, he takes him to Italy and he shows him their manufacturing um, factories, <laughs> like so. Yeah, we start laughing because it's like when Kanye. Remember when Kanye was on Sway and he was like, "Yo, got the answer." He was Sway. talking and nobody really understood what he was talking about. And he was like, "I can't produce at this level. I can't produce." And they're like, <laughs> "Why would you like? What are you talking about?" And he's like, yeah. "You don't got the answer, Sway." They only gonna give us t-shirts and hats. And so he's <laughs> like, and even Charmaine was like, "What do you?" Nobody really knew what he was talking about. He didn't really do a good job of explaining what he was talking about, but he was just saying like, he didn't have the factories to produce. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't go over well, right? <laughs> so that, that sounds about accurate. But it's crazy because it's like when Virgil, they said when he when he went there and he saw the factories. <laughs> I don't know what they put these factories. It's like magical. It's like Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory. Yeah. So um, he he saw these factories and he realized that 
he couldn't compete. Yeah, he said it was a no-brainer. Get down, lay down, yeah. type vibe. So um, he sells his company. And you know what's crazy is that, shout out to Dapper Dan, but when Dapper Dan was on The Breakfast Club. That's what, yeah. When, that's what really started this whole vibe. Because <laughs> yeah, when yeah. Dapper Dan was on The Breakfast Club. Shout out to and, Dapper Dan. And Charlemagne kept pushing him like, yo, why don't you just own yeah. your own joint? Like, why are you working for Gucci? You, you've done so much for this company. You brought streetwear and couture together, like create your own thing. Why don't you create your own thing? So then he kept pushing him on that. And then Dap was like, well, who, what black designer owns their own outright, like on a high level, on a very high level. And he was like, um, off-white, Virgil. And then he was like, does he? Does he? <laughs> so, 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 they called, so then Charlemagne was like, well, what does that mean? What are you saying? He's like, I'm not saying anything. He's like, do your research. I promise you, like as soon as I saw that. And then one week later, this whole story yeah, comes out. I was like, that. yo, I'm doing the research. And then we found this. I'm like, so, oh. Surprise. It turns out that he doesn't own Off-White. New Guard Group owned Off-White, right? Um, so, majority stick. Majority stick. Yeah. So what happens is that he sold it to the New Guard Group. All right, it happens all the time. People sell their companies. But what makes this interesting yeah. is that he, this, st he still has control over it in a certain way because he kept the licensing, whew. right? Yeah. So this is very important. This, this, this is where the story gets interesting. So he sold the company to the New Guard Group, but he kept the licensing rights. Mm -hmm. So what happens is that New Guard was in control of development, mm -hmm. distribution, and manufacturing. Yep. So they, they Pretty did much everything. everything, right? <laughs> yeah. But but he was in control of licensing. So in order for them for in order for them to put it in any store or to sell it effectively, they have to rent the licensing rights from him. Mm -hmm. And then they split. They don't they didn't say what their agreement was as far as the split, but yeah. they split, let's just say hypothetically a 50-50 split. And um, so he still makes money, but he's not actually doing anything, which yeah. actually works out for him yeah, because he's, now he's just, he can focus his energy, his energy right. on running Louis Vuitton. Yeah, and that's the beautiful thing about licensing and trademarking is that he can do it with this one. And right now, this group, that this deal that he has with uh, New Garden, we'll talk about who, who who they sold it to. Is that this one's exclusive? But the next time, and like we said, we don't know the terms of the money in the contract. We don't know the terms of the years either. But as soon as this deal's done, he can license. To Nugard, he can license to this person. He could, I mean, he could do it as many times or with whoever he wants. So the licensing thing is extremely. Um, it's an interesting conversation when, it, especially when it comes to fashion, because people don't fully understand. Like, you know who's huge in fashion? Tell them. Disney. Yeah. You never really think about it like this. And shout out to Prince Darnell, another EYL alumni. Yeah. He was he was in a store, I think, like a, a month ago, and he he did a whole uh, Instagram clip about this. But Disney license their characters out to all the time all, all the time all the time especially fashion they're yeah. real big in fashion so we yeah. talked about like back in the day with iceberg mm -hmm. with um with goofy yeah. and um goofy was on all the sweaters yeah they're not using goofy just saying i want to use goofy yeah they're, no you can't do that it's a selling it you gotta, right. you gotta license it yeah and they so they did they had mickey too i remember they i remember the sweater he mickey had the wand so they had mickey they had goofy peanuts they also licensed that but it's like they have to pay to use those characters. Yeah, and the crazy thing is like, so when you go in the mall, because you see, especially now it's holiday time, you see a bunch of shirts with <laughs> Snoopy, Mickey Mouse, especially Mickey Mouse. Yeah, Mickey Mouse, Minnie Mouse, they're huge. You never really try, you never really paid attention, right? But if you go and you look at the tag, they're not gonna say Disney. Right, you could go in Old Navy right now and find a Mickey Mouse t-shirt. Yeah. Or Urban Outfitters. And all of these, all of these different companies that put those characters on it, they have to pay Disney, yeah. right? So they license their characters out on fashion. They license other stuff out yeah, too. They license like, music. Yeah, uh, they like the and, uh, and we just the Netflix, right? Like and before, movies before they started their own streaming service, all of the Marvel catalog was on Netflix, right? 
Netflix is paying Disney big money, big money to yeah. to to use that. It's the right? reason why now, like with Disney Plus, that all of like Black Panther is not on Disney Plus yet, or like Star Wars: The New Hope is not on Disney Plus yet, because the licensing agreement hasn't run out. As soon as it does, that'll be on Disney Plus. Netflix will never see another Disney product. Yeah, so it's the same thing with fashion, and some of your top favorite designers they don't own right right <laughs> yeah it's like, they, you think they do because it's the name because it's the name yeah but larger corporations like the new guard group mm -hmm. they own it right so this happens all the time also we talked about as far as even in real estate mm. so trump there's a guy yeah, yeah donald yeah. trump it, it, new york city you know like especially maybe 10 years prior to today when you drove down the west side highway it was nothing but buildings that said trunk tower trunk tower trunk tower trunk tower he doesn't own the building, the land itself. He just licensed his name to put on the building, which in turn, people associate with a lifestyle. It's yeah. like, this is high luxury. I'm living in the Trump Tower. I have money, I have high luxury. There's a certain lifestyle that comes with it. Yeah, he did He did that probably <laughs> yeah. the best, yeah. honestly. Yeah. I mean, hate it or love it, but you gotta always look at a business case study, right? You gotta take emotions out when you're looking at business. Mm -hmm. So. Whether, you know, politics is very divisive. So whether you love them, whether you hate them, whatever, you got to look at the business model behind it, right? Like all of this stuff from his ties, a lot of his golf courses, golf course, yep. um, all of those buildings, those Trump Tower, very few of those does he actually own. The casino too. <laughs> he licensed his name. People pay him because he built the brand right. around Trump, the name Trump. And now it's like, okay, just the name on itself, I can make money via value. Mm -hmm. So yeah. this is what makes the Virgil deal interesting because it's like, okay, like we said, people sell their companies all the time. We talked about Kylie Jenner recently selling 51% 50, of yeah. our company. So he sold the company, but he also is making money on the back end because yeah. he licensed it, right? Yeah. That's the, and, and that's the, one of the things they said, especially in fashion, if anyone's trying to start something, owning the trademark is probably the most valuable thing you can have in fashion because you that lives on forever. Like this lease agreement that you might have, eventually they're renting, but that lives on forever. As soon as that agreement's done, you can find seven different partners to now license with. And then that lives on in perpetuity. It's like, yeah. keep that. He, You know what he does? He owns his masters. We always talk about music. Yeah, Virgil owns his masters. But so, but now what happens is that, so New Guard Group gets brought. Mm. So what happens, okay, so Virgil has to deal with New Guard Group, right? And he sells him a percentage, of, a large percentage of the company, but he keeps the licensing agreement, right? They do all of the work. They manufacture it. They distribute it. They do everything. He gets paid, and they have a good relationship, mm -hmm. I'm assuming, right? But now, New Guard Group gets brought by G3. G3. Which yeah. is another fashion conglomerate company. Yeah. So now, this is where it becomes a little complicated because it's like, okay, it's like a record label. We had Mickey Fax on. We said he got dropped by one record label, or his record label got acquired by another record label, right? right? So it's like you might have a good understanding with an executive at RCA, but now <laughs> Sony bought you. Yeah, so now it's a whole different, you know, relationship. Yeah. So it's the same thing with with this, right? So it's like okay, you might not be on the same page, right? Because right. now you you got the company that you sold it to got acquired, right? So I'm assuming that you know, obviously Virgil is seasoned. And I'm assuming he has good, good counsel and, and he's around good people that's giving him good advice and he's knowledgeable himself. So now what you do is you put a termination clause in. Yeah. A termination provision, really. So it's like, what that means is like, if a brand, or if the company decides to put out stuff that does not represent the brand any further, then he has the right to say, you know what? We don't want to do business anymore. Since you've sold it, the company, and we lost our agreement, 
if you can't match what we are expectations going forward, if we're not a high luxury brand and going forward, we end up in like a TJ Maxx or something, our deal's terminated. Yeah, it's very important. So that's very important because you always gotta, I always give the analogy of like when you go to the movies, like before a movie starts, they, they always say like, this is the exit. <laughs> right, when you right, get right, on right, a right. When you get on a plane, before the plane takes off, they tell you where the exit rows are and they tell you like the procedure, like if if an emergency happens, right? So if you're really on point, but when you go to any building, you always gotta recognize the exit before you, cause it's like getting out is more important than getting in. Mm -hmm. You have to you have to identify the exit, preferably before you even get in, right? right? Cause you don't wanna get somewhere and you don't know. Then you stop. gotta kinda like walk <laughs> around stop. and run, where's the exit? So if you, like presidents, right? They already mapped out the exit strategy before they, before they actually get in. That's fact. the Secret Service's job. It's a fact. So in business, it's no different. Before you do a deal, you got to figure out the exit strategy. Yeah. Hopefully, it doesn't go bad, but you always got to think, what if it does? Right? It's like getting a, it's like getting a prenuptial agreement when you get yeah. married. What's that? <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully, you, hopefully, you never have to use it. But right. just in case, fifty percent chance that it, you know, <laughs> it, it doesn't work out. You know, you you, you got your, your walking papers already established. So. That's extremely important for yeah, entrepreneurs. And this is a very high level case, but any level of business partnership, whenever you are doing business with somebody, you always got to have an exit built in. Because mm -hmm. if not, now you get screwed. Yeah, you're going to get stuck NG or, or dropped. Yeah. NG3, so they also own Donna Karen, right? Yeah. So the Donna Karen story is, <laughs> is interesting as well because yeah. that's like the flip side of the Virgil situation, right? Yeah, right. Like, she didn't she didn't license her name, right? She didn't license her name, and uh, she got acquired. She actually got acquired by LVMH. LVMH, shout out to Wall Street Travel. We talked about that in episode. Oh, LVMH, 40, and they just 44. did a deal with uh, Tiffany's. They just bought Tiffany's for sixteen billion. LVMH, one of the largest companies <laughs> the, in the world, the largest. Um, High fashion, high, high luxury. Well, one of the largest. Yeah. Well, Apple's the largest. Right, right, right. I'm talking about fashion. High oh, fashion. fashion. Yeah, 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 sure. So, uh, LVMH, like I said, we talked about that in um, episode 44, Wall Street Trapper. Yeah. But they own um, Louis Vuitton, Hennessy, Moet, um, a bunch of different stuff. Yeah. Tiffany's now. Yeah. Um, they own a, a, a long list of high fashion and, and just high lifestyle items. Yeah. So, she sold she sold her company to them in 2000 for $450 million. That's a lot of money. Um, but that that took her out the game, right? right? But they still use her name. Yeah, they they she sold her brand and her entity. So Donna Karen International, which encompasses DKNY, DKNY. and everything else that comes with Donna Karen. Yeah, but now so they sold it to G three, another G three acquire, um, in two thousand and fifteen yeah. for six hundred and fifty million. So they made two hundred. So they made two hundred <laughs> mil. But during that product, like when they sell it, she steps down. Right, so she steps down from her position. I, I think she, when she sold it to LVMH, she stayed on as head designer. 2015, she steps down. So now, now she has nothing to do with the brand. No, nah, she's done. And but the brand still makes the, money. The brand is super profitable. Right? Yeah. Like last year, I think $570 million in profit. She gets none of it. And she has no say in a brand that has her name. It's like she could walk into any store and say Donna Karen and it's like, Wait, they made that and she could do nothing, even though it has her name on it. She can't use it. So yeah, so um that's interesting because like I said, a lot of times people don't fully understand like when they just see headlines in the in the news. But these are things that I think any entrepreneur can learn from because it's like, okay, he sold it's a very savvy move that he did where he sold the company but he kept the licensing rights, right? So now he's still gonna make money in perpetuity yeah. as long as he keeps that agreement. Mm -hmm. The next deal is gonna be silly. And and yeah, as long as the company <laughs> keeps growing. Yeah, now he can renegotiate next time. 
yeah. um, and get even more. Yeah, because like, and that's the thing. It's like when when you see this is an exclusive deal, so like you'll see off white. Like they just did the the IKEA drop. Did you see that? They put the off white IKEA furniture. Nah, I heard it was, about it. It was crazy. So like that it. sells out like that. Like the brand just grows. Once this deal is over, whenever it is, like can you imagine the lineup of people who are coming to knock on that door to use the licensing? It's gonna be ridiculous. He could do it like right now. It's exclusive, so he can only use through New Guard, but. I can't imagine like what's gonna happen when he's a free agent, and it's like, yo, who wants to use the license? He's gonna be out of this world. Yeah, you know. Sometimes you get paid on front and the back end. Yeah, man. And and it's, and the Louis Vuitton stuff is moving crazy. Yeah, that's a fact. <laughs> that's a fact. So yeah, we gotta get him more on your leisure. That's a fact. Make it that's happen, y'all. Shout out to Ernest, Virgil. get on it. We gotta make that happen. All right. So that's the case study breakdown on on uh, uh, Virgil. So in the next segment, we're gonna talk about multiple streams of income. Need that. How to um how to get. Uh, money from different avenues. Yeah, it's important, man. You can't you can't just have one. Yeah. Not in this day and age. So if you got one, you're done. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. So now we're gonna talk about multiple streams of income, yeah, right? Man, so, that is a, I mean, I get that question. I'm I'm sure you get a bunch. I get that, especially in the education field. Teachers every day it's like, yo, I need to make more money. I don't I how am I gonna do this? What do I do? How are you doing it? I'm like, we got something for you. We're like, we got yeah, you. Nah, multiple streams of income is no longer uh uh, option. It's a must. It's, it's a necessity. It it's a necessity. Absolute must. Yeah. In this world that we live in, so um, we're going. If you're a member of EYL University, shout out to all of our EYL all University the earners out there, students that's enrolled. EYL University is the dopest platform right now online. It's crazy. We did a whole course. We did an hour course on yeah. multiple streams of income. That's actually out right now. So what we're going to do is try to condense this like 15 minutes. But if you want the like full hour version, right. um, you can just check out earnyourleisure.com. We also have a course on there about how to create a podcast. Great. With details, product placement, all that. Yeah. yeah, it's dope. It's dope. So yeah, we, we yeah, this will be like the abbreviated version. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Of, and if you want the full version, you can just check out EYL University for sure. But so right, when it comes down to like having multiple streams of income, right? I think it's it's important to to first understand and shout out to Derek Falcon, another one of our legendary episodes that you don't, a lot of times people are under the misconception that you need like five, seven different things. Because they mm -hmm. say the average millionaire has anywhere between five to seven streams five of income. Seven, yeah, yeah. Uh, so a lot of times people look at that and it becomes like overwhelming because it's like, how <laughs> we're so trained. The average person is just trained to work a job to get money. Mm -hmm. So now it's like, okay, I got to work seven jobs or, or I got to yeah. like create seven totally different businesses. So I got to yeah. do like construction, plumbing, um, real estate. I got to be a stock market investor. I got to do all <laughs> these different things. It's and impossible. it's like, who has enough time, right? But yeah. one thing I really liked about um, what Derek said and it really resonated with us is that you don't need multiple avenues to create multiple streams of income. You just need one lane that you do really well yeah. and you can create multiple streams of income yeah. off of that one lane. Yeah, it's like what we said, like we got to build a foundation. If you're thinking in the sense of a tree, the tree is going to be the foundation of what you're going to do, right? So like from that, you're just going to start building branches from it. Yeah. So, all right. So, yeah. So, we're not even going to give you a case study or theory. We're going to give you the real deal as this far is ours. as earning your leisure. Yeah, yeah this is easy. This is this, ours. This is just ours. I mean, our, this is ours platform and blueprint, but I mean, you know, everybody's blueprint is going to be different, but yeah. we could just, we could speak best about what we personally know, right? Yeah. So, and, right. and they've been here to see it. So, like, y'all been here watching it. Y'all seen it from January to now. We're just going to give you really in detail, like, how this works. Yeah, for sure. So, the thing with earning your leisure is that, all right. So, Earn Your Leisure started in January of 2019, mm -hmm. and um, it was a podcast, yep. right? And it was, you know, we started the Instagram page was the first thing we did, um, and we launched Instagram, and we turned into like a daily 
um, discussion board pretty much of like different financial topics. We post different things on Instagram and people give their feedback on it and we do different write ups mm-hmm. and it's like a whole, you know, financial board discussion on right. different, all different areas of, of finance. Right. So, but that was all done in relationship to build the podcast. Right. So we created a podcast, yeah. right. Well, we didn't know anything about that. That's another <laughs> thing about this too, is that we, we didn't know we, we, we're not even on our year yet. We're like, we're still learning. Yeah. We just had a phone call and we're like, yo, we're learning still. Yeah. 11, <laughs> 11 months and we're still learning. Yeah. So, um, the thing with earn your leash is that, okay. So it started as just a podcast and we had to figure out how can you monetize a podcast? Cause there's no blueprint on how to do it. Yeah. You just kind of figure out how you go. Right. So, but now, we have a few different streams from Earn Your Leisure. Like, I think we're going to talk about like five, six different streams that we have from yeah. Earn Your Leisure, income streams from Earn Your Leisure right now, right? So, all right. So, as the podcast grew, the first the first thing that we we started to monetize was audio. Yeah. Right? So, if you listen Pretty to this, quickly. you know that, you know, we give Spotify, Anchor, from time to time, other uh, yeah. brands, you know, it's part of the episode, right? Yeah. So, those are ads that we do. And we're not doing it for charity, obviously. <laughs> like we yeah. get we get compensated for that, right? Yeah. So how you get compensated in in the um, podcast world is what's called CPM. Yep. Right. So CPM is like per thousand plays, mm-hmm. what you get. So if you get standard, the good thing with podcasts is that it's usually like standard. It's like twenty five dollars, twenty on like twenty to twenty five. Right. It's like usually standard, right? Yeah. Industry standard. And 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 when the platform we used was was Anchor, obviously, if you listen to this, we, we did it on Anchor, um, and we didn't have to go find them. They they provided us with the ads based on the audience listening. So they they saw that there was a thousand people listening to the first episodes. They sent us one ad. They see there's four thousand people, then they sent us two ads. Um, so the more people we had engaged and listening, the more ads they sent to us. And you know it, so like you had, <laughs> you gotta go back and listen to the original ads. Some of the, li- the original ones are funny, man. <laughs> man, now the crazy thing is at first, I didn't even wanna take the ad, cause I'm like, when I saw it was $20 CPM per thousand. thousand yeah. That's how it works, every thousand. So when we first started, we was averaging like 2,000 a week, or something like that. So I'm like, why are we even doing this for $40? And then I read something like, just do it because it builds up over the course of time. Perpetuity. And it does. Um, I can tell you it does. And the crazy thing about it is that now with like Anchor, like it's not dynamic ads, right? Mm -hmm. So what happens is that now every time somebody listens to a podcast, we get paid. Mm -hmm. So you can go back and listen to episode one. And as long as there's an ad placed in it, we're gonna get paid for that. Yeah. So that's pretty cool because it's like now as our as our um, audience grows, right? We our revenue grows as well. Right. So we get paid. So that's one way how we get paid, right? Um, and then so that was the first way how we started to monetize the podcast. And then, you know, from that we figured, okay, now we have an audience, um, but we always love fashion, and we always, you know, was like, okay, what's the next thing yeah. that we should do? And actually to promote the podcast as well. Yeah. And we came up with a couple of different slogans. With it was the, crazy. The, the slogan, the slogan that really stuck and became our signature was assets over liability. Yeah, we had. If I remember sitting down, we wrote down like you said, let's come up with ten. I'm gonna come up with ten, and we put them out, and it was like, all right, uh, well, let's use these three. And we had three. So if you had the day one people, you know, when you went to the site, there was a bunch of different shirts. And as we went moved on, we realized like that's not really gonna move. We stuck with three. And yeah, the most popular is assets, assets over assets liabilities. Over um, so, and that just became our trademark. Yeah. We tried a couple of different things, but that became our trademark. And, um, so the thing about merch, everybody sells merch. 
it's popular. It's like the first thing you want to do, right? Yeah. Um, but merch can be a kind of a tricky thing. So how we use what we use is Printful. Yeah. Right. So Printful is a is a company that allows you to not hold any inventory. Yeah. It's on demand. So like you order it, it's it, they make it. It's pretty much like what we said in the, in the last segment. They make it. Um, they distribute it. And all we do is create the file, which is the assets over our liabilities, which is ours. They print it up and they send it out to you. Yeah. So it's an interesting business model. It's pros and cons with everything because they take a percentage, a pretty hefty percentage. Pretty actually. hefty one. Yeah. We're working on that. So, I mean, we probably could make a lot more money if we just did it ourselves. Mm -hmm. But the thing about it is a lot more work yeah. and it's a lot more capital. It doesn't cost us anything. Right. That's the good thing about print falls that doesn't cost anything. Right. We don't have to buy sweatshirts. We don't have to buy t-shirts. Like $100 a month, I think, just to actually run the site. Yeah. But other than that, there's no, there's no money. There's no overhead. So yeah. as somebody buys the shirt, they print it, they ship it. It's a whole, it's a whole. It's really easy. Like put. literally, like we created our own store on Shopify. It goes on Printful, and we put our designs up there. And people just when they order, I remember we got our first order. I was like, oh wow, this is great. And then no, it's it a dope it system. Ship. It's it a just ships yeah, you. We don't have to store anything. It, that's another thing too, especially when it comes to business. A lot of times it's like, and this, this is this. There's no really no right or wrong answer on this, but especially if you're doing a lot of different things, sometimes it's better to take less money to free your time up, mm -hmm. right? Because it's like, like I said, we could do it ourselves, but that's a lot more time. Like we actually have to find somebody to actually make it for us. Print and press and We all have that. to hold a bundle of different merch. We have to ship it. We have to track it. We have to, you know, do all of those things. It's not, it's, it's, and especially as more people start to order shirts, yeah. it, it becomes- It's been too much. It's difficult. Yeah. So with Printful, they kind of do all of that for us. Like I said, they take their percentage for doing all of that stuff, but we still get compensated. Yeah. Um. So that was a, that was another revenue. That was like the second revenue stream yeah. that we did. Right? I did. And then the next one was um our private pay program, and that was kind of just happened in a comment. Somebody was like, "Hey, are you guys on Patreon?" And at the time, I remember te I text you. I'm like, "Yo, what is Patreon?" And then we did the resource chart, and it was like, "Oh, this could be a way that we could give bonus content. We can put out." Uh, different variety of things and features for our audience, and so like that became another source of income. So we created five different tiers. Yeah, Patreon. Patreon is a whole vibe. And you, yeah. you actually, you told me about Patreon. I didn't even know what Patreon was. Somebody yeah. commented. Somebody on commented. It. He was like, "Yo, what you do with Patreon?" I'm like, "What is Patreon?" And Patreon is a is a whole, is a platform for creatives, uh, for people to support on a financial level, right? Yeah. And the cool thing with Patreon is that it's a real community where, like, Patreon, you get you can add different tiers to it. Yeah. So, like, we have different tiers to our Patreon. And, um, like, depending on what tier you're in, like, you get ad-free episodes. You get episodes before um, the podcast mm -hmm. drops. You get FaceTime yeah. conversations with us. Yeah, those um, are always fun. <laughs> yeah, the FaceTime conversations is lit. Yeah, so, we, you, get, we, you we, get direct conversations with us. Yeah. You get... Um, you get discounts on the merch. Yep. You get um, yep. access to EYL University. Yeah, that's even. new. So like that was one of the things. And we sent the message out. It was like, yo, we got something coming. We got something coming. And we were building it. So like now it's like, now they get to see what we have building. Everybody that's in a tier four or five, they get to have access to EYL University. So that makes it even dope. Like, yeah. And this 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 is the whole, because the whole thing with the business show is that you want to just create different ideas. Because you might not be able to copy every single thing, but you want to just spark your brain. So for me, I'm always big on cross-promoting, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, look, if we got Patreon, right? And, and, and you also have to add value. Like all these different, I want to stress that too. 
never do anything just to make money. Right. Right. You got to have like real value. Like the merch is something that we truly believe in. Like we really believe in the merch. And I think the reason why assets and li- over liabilities has taken off because it's a dope slogan and it, it's really powerful. Yeah. And like three words, it really means a lot. Like it's assets over liabilities. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, that's the goal. If you're going to spend money to wear merch, like you might as well wear something that you yeah. like and it's stylish. Yeah, yeah that's and like, it's, it's dope. Like, that was, that was so, our thing. It was like, yo, if we're going to create something that people are going to wear, it might have, it should have a message on it. And it should be a message that resonates with our community and all communities, really. Yeah. So like, that's what the intent was when we did the merch. It and wasn't even, like, let's make money. We're not a clothing brand, but we want to have a message every time we go outside. Yeah. We know people are watching. Exactly. And also with the Patreon, too, it's like, we don't want to just set up Patreon as a way for people just to support the podcast. That's like charity and event. Yeah. We want to actually give them value as well, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's why we had the phone conversations. That's yeah. why we added free access to EYL University. That's why we access discounts on the merch. But now with the Patreon, you get discount on the merch, but it leads back to the merch. Right. Which is like <laughs> cross promoting, right? Yeah, exactly. So and everything always leads back to the podcast. Yeah. The podcast is the mothership, which is free, but that's the cool thing about it too, where the podcast is free, but from something that is free, we're able to create multiple different income streams yeah. where we can actually profit. So yeah. that's another thing too. A lot of times people think like, just because you're not actually getting paid for something right away or something doesn't look like you can actually make money from it, you gotta look deeper. It's not just like, that's a fact. hey, you gotta go A, B, C, D, E, F. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like to say, okay, the podcast, we could, the, the podcast is really just to, to get us out there mm-hmm. as far as on our revenue. Of course, the podcast is to educate. That's the most important. But as far as our revenue stream, we now we can monetize the podcast, even though people don't pay for the podcast right. because of ads. But even if we had no ads at all, we could still monetize off of the podcast because of the visibility and it allows us to do other things. Yeah. And we it's not like we had to create seven different things. We still have the mothership, the tree, which is the podcast and all these branches coming off of it. And that's true what you said. We not do, we didn't do it for money, right? So like when we had Patreon, we had like two members the first month, right? Next month we had seven. Like we just kept grinding, like kept putting out the content, kept putting out value, making those phone calls. Now we're up to like a, over a hundred fifteen or something like that. And it was like just being consistent and spreading the word and giving the value. Like I think that was Max, right? He was like, "Yo, just give it away. Give it away. Just give it no, away. You gotta give it, give away. it away. Give it away." And then people are well, they want to pay for it. They feel right. guilty not to, and that's why, like I said, proud to pay. With Nipsey, when he had his um hundred dollar mixtape, yep. it wasn't so much as just him selling a mixtape for a hundred dollars. It was a whole experience. You got tickets to a concert, yep. um, you got merch. It was it was bundled together and it was very well done. And people were proud to because people want to support, yeah. but they just gotta have something good that they can support. Yeah, exactly. Like nobody wants to support something that's just trash. Yeah, that's what's up. And then so so then the next revenue stream comes via of YouTube. Yeah. So YouTube is something that we're still figuring it out. <laughs> Um, but I encourage any creative, <clears throat> any creative, anybody that's thinking about starting any, anything, you got to get on YouTube. People yeah. don't fully understand the power of YouTube. We spoke, we spoke about this before, but and that's just the thing. And we just be fully transparent. We didn't start on YouTube. Like, nah, the first like seven three, episodes yeah, three wasn't, months. wasn't on you. People had to really convince us to get on YouTube. <laughs> like, why y'all not there? Why yeah, the, not first, there? the first seven episodes was just audio because it's like it's a lot more work. Yeah. You, you got to film it and you got to upload it. You got to edit it. It's, it's a whole process. But YouTube, YouTube is, is interesting because it's like YouTube also, the, all right, so the, the monetization for YouTube is you have to have a thousand watch hours. Yeah, so a thousand watch hours and 4,000 4, subscribers? subscribers before so, you can monetize. Before you can monetize. So watch hours is like how, how many hours somebody has watched your video. Mm-hmm. So you need a thousand watch hours 
and you need 4,000 subscribers. Then you can start to monetize through right. YouTube Studio. And YouTube is another thing where it's like, you know, the first YouTube check that you'll see is like, let's say, like for us, it was like $100. We watched that. I mean, we watched that for like, like $100, a month. It was like $1 a day. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like six months later, we was up to like 4,000 yeah. on YouTube. So God willing, this time next year, it will be four times that. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? But the good thing with YouTube is like, once again, like the audio, once a video is in YouTube, especially if it's like, gets a lot of traction, it's there forever. Yep. So I was just telling like Alice Good Energy from Trucking episode 39. Yeah, shout out to Alice. I'm like, yo, your video's gonna live forever because it has like 59,000 views right now or whatever. But a year from now, somebody types in Trucking. They're gonna find that. They'll find that video, yeah. right? And then they watch it and then we get paid. And the cool thing, and this is, I, I spoke about this on a social media episode that we did, is that a lot of times people with, especially with like YouTube and things of that nature, Numbers are not the most important thing. Mm. Numbers are not the most important thing. What I mean by that is that like our 40,000 subscribers that we have right now is probably more valuable than a lot of people that have a million, two million subscribers yeah. because our content, we get paid at a higher CPM. Yeah. What that means is that like our content is clean content, is business. And that's important. So companies they love that to advertise, yeah. right? It's like the business is like the number one space for advertisers. So I was speaking to um, somebody who has a YouTube channel, but it's a rap show and they bring rappers on stuff like that, you know? So he was telling me his CPM for his show is like $3, right. $4, but he has like million um, subscribers. His videos get like 200,000 views, right? But he's not really making money because it's like $3 where, <laughs> We might get 10,000, 20,000 views per episode. We have 40,000 subscribers, which is way less than what he has, right? Right. But we're making more money because our CPMs could be $30, yeah. $25. We've, yeah, and, we've, and, that, and that's another thing that's beautiful about YouTube is that the CPM fluctuates. So like depending on the content, like a video like mobile homes, you could get maybe $45 uh, per CPM, which is per thousand. Or like Alex, right? You could be... Forty-seven dollars, whereas in the audio space, it's just pretty it stays the same. Pretty standard yeah. at twenty-five dollars. So, like, that's another beautiful thing about uh, YouTube is like it changes and depending on the content. And that's that's key. What you said too is having clean content, because if we had profanity-laced conversations, right, people wouldn't be putting money out to to put on ads. And I think we ran into that one time when we had an episode with Al Harrington. Yeah, 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 we, we talked about, about marijuana, which was a business podcast and it was a business lesson, but just the fact that we had marijuana in our title, it kind of changed. We, we, we didn't get paid for that we episode. Didn't get paid, right. That's something too for a lot of creators. Like I said, all of this stuff is just free information, free knowledge, because these are things that we learned. We literally learned all this stuff on the fly. Right. So, you know, if you're starting a YouTube channel, or if you're thinking about monetizing online, these are good, good things to know because we didn't notice. Like we didn't know that we put cannabis or marijuana in the title. Mm -hmm. That's a red flag for YouTube. The video went out. People saw it, but we didn't get paid on yeah, it. Yeah, we got that little yellow sticker. They're very big on that. They're yeah. very big on that industry. Um, they've shut down pages. Yeah, they shut down some big cannabis pages. <laughs> we ran like into somebody. Six hundred thousand yeah, yeah, yeah. um, subscribers, a million subscribers. They shut their pages down. Yeah. So it's just it's important to understand what you're doing because like you could just be doing something and not fully not understand really, what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah. Not and it's it. like you got you built up a million, two million followers and subscribers, but now it's hard for you to monetize it where you see somebody with 100,000, I said this on the social media, I, I know a girl who had 100,000, 150,000 subscribers on Instagram that was getting paid $15,000 for 
for an Instagram post mm-hmm. where we know a lot of Instagram models, bartenders <laughs> that have millions of followers that can't they they can't figure out how yeah. to make money because the only people that's going to advertise on their page is lingerie and just promoting parties. Spirits industry. They're limited, yeah. right? Well, even like a John Henry. John Henry doesn't have that many followers. He has like 120,000 uh, followers. Killing. He's making a killing. Killing. He's making a killing because it's, it's clean. He got a clean look. It's you know what I mean. It's just it's the clean. whole. It's the whole package. He's very. He's very friendly to advertisers. Yeah. So to not to say that you have to be that. I mean, you could. You could still make money. But and just not know. Be, but just know that. Yeah. Just 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 be aware of it. Like yeah. now, I'm not telling you to to change your your whole platform and and to become something that you're not. Right. But just be aware of it. Yeah, you should be aware because that will be the reason why the monetization is a lot less. Yeah. yeah so just know it's good to know that. No, that's a fact. Um, so and then we also do live events now too. Yeah, man. So the live those are crazy. The live events is another way how um, we're monetizing. But the thing, like I said, the thing about it is that we're always adding value, right? So this is a business podcast. We're never gonna apologize for making money. That's the whole point. Like we we should never be ashamed to be entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. But as long as you're as long as you're creating value, that's the most important thing, right? So just from that, that's five different revenue streams mm-hmm. that we named off of the podcast, right? right? So now we don't have to we don't have to get five different jobs. We don't have to create five different businesses, even though they are kind of separate of each other. But they're all under the mothership of yeah. Earn Your Leisure. They're all Earn Your Leisure, and they all hover under the podcast. The yeah. podcast is what leads everything, right? We know that, yep. and that's important too. Never go away from what feeds you. Yeah. A lot of times people get successful in one thing and then they they, they stop paying attention to that. Yeah. Like the podcast is always going to be high quality. We're always going to do our best with the podcast because we understand like the podcast is what got us to this point. Mm-hmm. But we can't stay limited to the podcast. Like right. if we did that, we'd be doing ourselves and yeah. our supporters a disservice because that's not what we preach. Like we, yeah. we preach to have no limit, yeah. to expand your horizon. So if we just stayed just doing a podcast... We wouldn't be a good example. It'd be tough. Like I'm saying, like we gotta set an example. It's like it's more than just like we just not getting up here just talking about it. We actually are implementing a real business. Yeah, and and we got a few more. Like we have a few more. Even even like in the summer when we do our summer programming, that's another stream of of income for us. Um, We have a couple things that we're gonna announce in the top of 2020 that we we're just continuing to build off of the mothership, all earn your leisure, but all things that help people. Um, so yeah, man, we gotta keep creating, and it, don't be surprised if you see like us doing trucking. Like, we, nah, you know we're gonna like, get a truck. We're gonna get you know a saying? truck. Like, we're we, we getting all this information. Yeah. So every time we hear something and we learn, it's like, yo, we should do that. Nah, it's a fact. You we haven't talked about so, our book. We, we gotta oh, get we, we got that. we gotta get back to writing that book. Yeah. But we the book. Um, that's another thing so that we're like that, we're, now. that we're looking to launch, and um, we got the blueprint of the book from Ash Cash episode, right? Uh, episode twenty six. So it's like a lot of times, like when you listen to Earn Your Leisure, don't just listen and just be entertained. The application, or just, man. It's application. application, and like I said, like we're living proof. Like we're we're literally applying things that yeah. we we are learning. You know what like, the best part is? Like not once did you say like I'm a financial advisor too. Like people forget that part. Like, yeah. So like, yeah, that you're a financial advisor. I'm a teacher. But these things that we're doing, like outside of that, that's like nine different streams. Yeah, right there. you need to have like 10, 10 <laughs> different joints going because you never know. Yeah. You never know when something can dry up. Like, you know what I'm saying? You I've never know it. when something can dry up. So it's like, you I've seen, seen it. it. I, and I learned that early on just from watching people that I grew up with, older people. And it's like, you get laid off from your job and you're screwed. Yeah. You had a bad month from your job and it's like, 
you you damn near on the homeless line. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? So now it's like with, with having multiple streams, it gives you a cushion, it gives you a buffer, and it's like, all right, well. You can feel it. You can feel the freedom. You, you feel less pressure, too. Yeah, you can feel the freedom of it. It's like, you know what? I'm not relying on anything. I have so many things that if this doesn't work, I got this. I got. It, you can feel the freedom. Like, I can feel it personally. It's like, yo, this is crazy. This is different. Like, this feels like 2019 doesn't feel like 2018. Right. It just feels different. It does. And um, so, yeah, so that's our, but that's our journey. Yeah. And not to say that you have to start a podcast, but it's like, that's something that fit in what we were doing. Yeah. And so it's like, what fits in what you're doing? Yeah. And and, and on Earning Leisure um, University, I broke down how you can earn income in education. Because a lot of times I have conversations with people in my profession. They're like, yo, how do you have time? How do you have time? And we, I went through like five or six different things, streams of income, just from being an educator. Like, it, it, you, things that you probably overthinking that you can do that don't require much time yeah so all right so yeah that was that and um like i said that was kind of the abbreviated version the yeah. full the full version is on earn your leisure university but we kind of just dove into a lot of different things yeah. but i just wanted to just let people know that it's 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 always something more no mm -hmm. matter what you're doing, it's always something more. And when you're looking to start a business, see if that business is scalable. Like the podcast is scalable because we don't, it's very low inventory. That's another thing too. It's very low inventory. It can reach people from New York to Australia. Yeah. We're not limited geographically. And it provides us opportunities to create multiple different launching pads. That was the first question Derek Falcon asked me. He walked in when we did his interview. The first thing he sat down on my couch and was like, yo, how y'all going to scale this? First thing he asked. And I'm like, good question. And we went into a whole conversation. And we still, and we, we come up with new ideas all yeah, the time, every, how, we, how we can yeah. scale. So like I said, that's our blueprint, but what's your blueprint, yeah. right? Like if you are a restaurant owner, how do you scale that? How do you create multiple different streams? Derek mm -hmm. Falcon gave the blueprint for that, right. but it's like, if you if you have a gym, how do you create multiple different streams off that gym? Right. Like even Alex, right? He has a trucking, but he makes more money off of his <laughs> portal. <laughs> And now he has merch. Yeah, shout out and, to Good Energy you know, merch. <laughs> so, it's a fact, it's a fact. So yeah, so that's that's the rundown. Multiple streams of income, people. It's, it's, it's not something that is optional at this point in time. It's mandatory. Yeah. And it's all about being creative and understanding how you can build different branches off of one tree. Yeah, that's a fact. So we're going to close it out with some um, education as far as investing and different things of that nature. It's going to be fun. All right. It's fun. <laughs> So, huh? <laughs> I said it's fun. Yeah, so we're gonna close it out. We're gonna close it out with um something that is easy for me. Yeah, because like I said, a lot of time people don't fully understand. Like, like everybody thinks do the podcast full time, but straight um, up, <laughs> I actually have a financial planning firm. Yeah, independent firm. Who was your first client? You were. Yeah, thank you. Sure. <laughs> wealth wealth management firm. Um, so that's what I do. Like outside of this. Yeah. So that's why you don't sleep, yo. Yeah, that's a fact. Retire <laughs> retirement planning, investing, things of that nature. So um one thing that always gets people's attention when we talk about is um the self-directed IRA. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about that because you know we talk about real estate a lot on this show. Yeah. And we bring on different real estate investors and things of that nature. And we always, you know, have to give people different options. So funding. When yeah. it comes to funding, that stops a lot of people from investing in real estate. So we, you know, talk about 203K loans mm -hmm. and hard money loans and conventional loans and things of that nature. Yep. But um, another way that people can can invest in real estate that not a lot of people are fully familiar with yeah. is um, via their retirement account. Because right? yeah. if you think about it, I spoke about this before, most, for the average American, middle class, American, lower middle class, whatever, um, 
they don't have a tremendous amount of money saved yeah. in a savings account. They don't have a money. They might probably have no investment outside yeah. of like retirement. Like they don't have. I, I mean, I know people straight up that don't know what an IRA is. Well, yeah, that. But I'm just <laughs> saying, as far as the money that they have saved yeah. is in retirement. Mm-hmm. So it's not uncommon for a teacher to have a half a million dollars in their pension plan or yeah. their 403B plan by the time they retire. Or it's not it's not uncommon for somebody to work in corporate America for 20 years and to have $400,000 or even like 100000 in a couple of years. Like it adds up. The good thing with 401ks is that the money is taken right out of your paycheck. Mm-hmm. So it's easy. Everybody knows about it. Like when you sign up for a job, they do you, they sign you up for it. And then you work, like I said, with a union job, you have a pension. People have money in retirement accounts, long story short. Yeah. And um, that's the one place where a lot of people, that's like their only source of like real Yeah, if you savings. ask somebody if they're saving, they're like, yeah, I have a 401k. Yeah. So what happens is that, is that a lot of times what happens, I see all the time is that People, like, they might leave their job or whatever, and they want to buy a home, and um, they have an old retirement account, like an old 401k. And what they do is that they cash it out, because that's their only real money. Mm-hmm. They cash out their 401k, and they use that for a down payment, or they use that to buy a home. The problem with that is that now, not only do you deplete your retirement account, but you get taxed. Crazy. Like, if you take money out of a retirement account before 59 and a half, um, for most retirement accounts, you pay a 10% penalty, mm-hmm. you pay state tax, and you pay federal tax. So you could be paying up to 50, 55% of the money in taxes, right? So that's that's a lot of money that's you, yeah. you're liable we, for. We had a tax issue in this house, man. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's important to understand that. So a lot of times people don't fully understand that you can actually use retirement money to actually purchase property, mm-hmm. right? So how you do that is via what's called a self-directed IRA. Yeah, so before we go there, right, because this is important, what's the difference between an IRA and a self-directed IRA? So, all right, an IRA, is what it stands for is an individual retirement account. Right. I think we spoke about this in another episode one time, but so IRA can be set up two different ways. You can set an IRA up just with money out of your pocket, mm-hmm. um, and, like, you can fund it every year. Like, if you are self-employed or if your job doesn't have a 401K or – if you make uh, under a certain amount of money, you can just put money into an IRA every mm-hmm. year, right? Or you put like $6,000 into an IRA. There's a max on it? Um, yeah, for the year. Okay. Um, but now, what's very popular is what's called the IRA rollover. Okay. So when you, what happens is that now you leave your job, right? And now you have an old 401k, an old um, pension plan, an old 403b, whatever, TDA, whatever. And you can roll that into an IRA, mm-hmm. right? So the reason why it's called a rollover is that it's going from one what's called tax qualified vehicles or another tax qualified vehicle. You're not paying any taxes on it. It's for your retirement. Right. The only difference is that the 401k is set up by your job. The IRA is set up individually. Okay. You can set up, you know, with a bank or through a financial advisor or, you know, online. There's different ways to set it up, right? So most of the time when I, when people do IRA rollovers, they're rolling into what's called the traditional IRA. Okay. Traditional IRA is invested in, in more traditional investments. Like stocks? Stocks, mutual funds, um, things of that nature. Okay. Right? So it's invested like, in the stock market, yeah, in yeah, bonds, yeah. things of that nature, and it, it grows over the course of time. So if, let's say you had a job, you worked at AT&T for 15 years, you have $100,000 in a 401k. You left. You left. So now when you leave your job, the 401k is pretty much frozen in a sense. Not frozen where it's not growing. It's still growing relative to how many investments do. But you can't borrow from it. Right, mm-hmm. you can't add money to it. You you don't have any advice on it. You're not you're not working there anymore. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people move, 
and they don't update the address. So it becomes difficult to manage if you're not working there anymore. Mm -hmm. So this is why the rollover is so appealing because now you get to pick and choose your investments. You can add money to the IRA if you want. Mm -hmm. um, you can work with somebody that can help you out, like an advisor, things of that nature. Right. So that's, that's, that's what the IRA, you're just taking control over the money. So now you have, the, you have it in the IRA, right? So now, as it's in the IRA, it can be invested in, like let's say it's invested in mutual funds, right? right? Or an annuity or, or whatever. Those it's just the regular IRA. Traditional. Okay. So the money's invested. You're not paying any taxes on it as long as it stays in. Um, and it's just like how it would be with your 401k, except you, you're kind of picking and choosing investments for yourself. Okay. So it's that's the easy. So like, if I'm not picking it, then it would be a financial advisor or like I saw like a custodian? Most of the time... You, it, it's a tool like somebody that'll help you out with it. Okay. So whether that be a financial advisor, whether that be somebody at a bank, okay. um, credit union, or you know, usually or you could do it yourself too. If you go online, like you could fidelity. But a lot of time, people just don't feel comfortable doing things themselves, and they might want help. Mm -hmm. So somebody will help you out with it, gotcha. and they'll you know kind of guide you on like what makes sense. This this is a good investment, and this is the reasons why things of that nature. So that's what most people do. Like probably like 95% of the people, they roll their money into a traditional IRA. Mm -hmm. But another option that you have is that you can roll it into what's called a self-directed IRA. So self, so traditional IRAs allows you to invest in traditional investments. Like, like I just said, the self-directed IRA allows you to invest in a broad range of different things. Yeah. Everything from Bitcoin <laughs> to commodities. There's a bunch of possibilities. All kinds of different stuff. And one of the things- I, I saw somebody said like you can invest in a horse holding Firm, like. Yeah, you can invest in all kinds of different things with a self-directed IRA. And one of the, one of the most popular things that people use self-directed IRAs for is real estate. Mm. So a self-directed IRA allows you to invest money in real estate, right? So what happens is that now you have $100,000, and instead of, like, if you don't roll it into a traditional IRA, you can roll it into a self-directed IRA. Mm -hmm. Now that self-directed IRA, you can buy a home, or mm. you can buy an apartment, or whatever, or use that money to, you know, buy different forms of real estate. And the money's not taxed because the whole point of the, keeping it within the IRA is that you avoid you're avoiding paying tax. Tax when you take it out, or tax when you take it out. When okay. you when you take receipt of it, we call taking receipt of the money, right? Yeah. So like when you take receipt of it, that's when the money goes to your bank account. Like when you physically receive it, as long as it's, it's under the umbrella of the IRA, you never actually have you don't have receipt of it. So you're not you're not paying any taxes on it. That's the benefit of rolling a 401k into an IRA and keeping it in the IRA. Mm -hmm. Right? You're not paying any taxes. Whenever you take money out, you're going to get taxed. If you take it out prematurely, you get a 10% penalty tax. But at any point in time, you take money out of an IRA or 401k, you pay a state and federal tax. The federal tax is what federal tax bracket you're in at that time. Mm -hmm. And the state tax is depending on what state tax, what state you're in. Gotcha. And it's treated like ordinary income. And you can borrow that at any time, but just know that there's going to be a penalty. Borrow what? You can borrow money from the IRA? You can't borrow money from the IRA. You okay. can you can take money once a year from the IRA, but it's a 60-day rule where you got to put the money back in. Oof. Okay, good to know. So so what happens is that um, with the self-directed IRA, right, now you can use – that money stays in the IRA, but you can buy real estate. Okay. So, like, let's say you used 100000 and you bought a home. You used all of it to buy a home for 100000 in cash, right? Yeah. So now that 100000 is pretty much like your retirement. So the one hundred thousand grows to two hundred thousand over the course of time. You're not paying any taxes as as it's growing, mm -hmm. right? So you sell that home. Now you made a hundred thousand dollar profit, right? Now you put that back into the self directed IRA. Now it's not taxable. Now you have two hundred thousand dollars. Now you can buy more real estate, mm. or you can invest something else, right? Okay. So it's another way to invest in real estate with your retirement account as opposed to investing. 
um, with like a lot of times people think that they have to cash out their retirement to invest in real estate because most IRAs will not allow you to invest in real estate except now, for a self-directed IRA. All right, so what's the process of setting up an IRA? Because it's you're doing it yourself, I'm assuming, right? Self-directed. Self-directed IRA, yeah. So the process to set up, all right, the process to set up an IRA. Period. This is the process to set up an IRA. Um, you do an application mm -hmm. for the IRA company, right? So now that that sets up your IRA account. So like, let's say you set up an IRA with Franklin Templeton, right? You're doing a, a application with Franklin Templeton, and you're setting up an IRA, right? Mm -hmm. Now you have an IRA number. Let's say it's one three five seven zero. That's your IRA number. You have an account, all of that stuff set up, mm -hmm. but it's not funded yet. Okay. So what happens is that now you have to do a conference call with the four hundred one k company. That's usually the easiest way you do a conference call, and usually like you do it with your advisor if you're working with an advisor, and like most companies nowadays, like Fidelity, they'll do it over the phone, where they can initiate the transfer over the phone. So you say, okay, I, I have an IRA. I want to roll my old four hundred one k into an IRA. And they ask you like who's the check made out to? You'll say like Franklin for John Doe, for, um, Franklin Templeton for a benefit of John Doe, mm -hmm. right? And they say like what's the address? Some most a lot of times they'll send it directly to your house, or sometimes they'll send it to the company. Um, but they'll cut the check, they'll do it over the phone, they'll cut the check, and then you deposit that into your IRA account. Now your IRA is funded, mm -hmm. right? Sometimes some companies have paperwork where they have like their own paperwork, and you fill out the paperwork, you send it back to the company, and then they send the check. So it depends. Either they do it with a phone or they do paperwork. But that's how you set the IRA up. It's very simple to set the IRA up. It's okay. two it's two part process. You have an application and then you contact the company and you tell the company where to send the money to, pretty much. That's how you set the IRA up. So when the self directed IRA is the same process. It's just that there's less companies. There's like mostly trust companies that do this. So like with an IRA, there's a bunch yeah. of hundreds, probably a thousand companies that you can do IRA with. It's very, very common, traditional IRA. Mm -hmm. Everything from insurance companies to investment companies to banks, credit unions. You can set up an IRA with pretty much any financial institution. You can set a, a traditional IRA up with, right. right? But there's a limited amount of companies that do um, self-directed IRAs. Why right? is that? Well, it's just, it's just less. You know, I guess it's just, it's, it might be, I'm not really sure, but probably I'm sure is, is more involved. This, this, I mean, when I'm, I'm listening to it, it sounds like this is like one of them things like this is strictly for live men. Like this is not something that the average person. Well, well, we're going to get to that. Okay. We're going to get to that. The pros and cons, because there's cons like everything in yeah. life, but like just a few companies and I'm not endorsing any companies because I don't work with, I don't set up self-directed IRAs for people, right. but just to kind of give you like, if you Google self-directed IRAs, there's a lot of companies that'll come up. Yeah. So like, um, equity trust, gold star trust in trust group. Those are different companies. But like I said, you could just Google and do your own research. Yeah. Um, not to give those companies like any endorsement, Some but that's example. just, they ain't got a check. That's just, yeah, that's, yeah. that's just, that's just a couple of a company's names. Well, when, when would be a good time <laughs> to consider doing a self-directed? So before we even get to that, so okay. how you set up the self-directed IRA is that, you um you go online yeah. right or you contact them and um you set it up with them and you they'll walk you through the process of like who the check needs to be made out to you they'll give you an account number and all of that so it's the same thing i just explained but you have to do it yourself okay as opposed to like a lot of times with the ira you have help because an advisor will help you out Somebody with sitting it. there with you yeah most of the time but in this process you're gonna have to like kind of navigate this yourself so of course you want to be properly educated yeah man. you want to do your research but um, the, 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 the thing with the show is just to provide information. It's not to say to do one thing or another, yeah. but it's just to provide information. So um, the, there's some drawbacks with the IRA, with self-directed IRA because the thing with the self-directed IRA, like if you have a regular IRA, right, 
Now the money's invested in the stock market. You don't really have to do anything. Like, I mean, you can just monitor it and make sure you're in a good fund or a good investment, but it's not going to cost you like uh, money, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you buy a real estate property, if you buy a home, right? Now you buy that home for a hundred thousand dollars, but you just, it's not like you just let that go because now the boiler might break, mm -hmm. right? So now you got to pay money to fix, fix the boiler right, right, right. or the, the house might need to be painted. Now you got to pay money to fix There's upkeep in the house. No yeah. matter what, there's still upkeep. You got to cut the grass. There's yeah. always going to be something. So it's going to cost you money. Exactly. It's, it's important for people to understand that. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, buying a house is going to cost you money. <laughs> Tell me no, no, without, in, like, there's no way around it. Yeah. So when you have your retirement account tied into that, a lot of times people, you know, you're not investing your 401k into an IRA, a regular IRA, with the expectation that you're gonna have to pay $5,000 a year just to keep up that IRA. Mm -hmm. There's fees involved with an IRA, but that's taken out of the amount. It's not like you're coming out of your pocket. Mm -hmm. With a house is different, right? Yeah. Also, a lot of times people buy homes and the, 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 especially with investment properties, they're doing that to actually have income. So they, they buy a home and they wanna have income come from that, right? To like support their lifestyle. Yeah. But any money that you generate from the self-directed IRA property has to go back into the self-directed IRA. If it doesn't, then you get taxed on it. Mm. So that's also important for people to understand. It's, it's more of a long-term play. Yeah. So like I said- that, So that's not include like, obviously your primary residence, I'm assuming. Primary residence what? When you're investing in the real estate or could it be- No, nah, it could be anything. It doesn't have to be your primary be residence. Okay. It could be a rental. It could be a primary. Um, it could be different different things, but it's just a, like all things in life, you want to put together a game plan. Right. right? You want to put together a game plan. You want to be fully knowledgeable. But um, like I said, the whole point of the podcast is just to give information. Yeah, I'm learning right now. <laughs> and, then, and then from the information, then you can decipher and say, okay, this makes sense. But a lot of times we're forced into doing things because we just, we, we don't know. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> for most people, the self-directed IRA probably wouldn't be the best fit because there's more work involved. Everything that I just named. But in some cases, it could potentially make sense. So just wanted to let people know. I spoke about that in a few different um, settings, yeah, like live settings, and it's always get, it always gets a good reaction. So I wanted to cover that in a podcast, and I, I knew that you know today, obviously, that we didn't have a guest. I thought it would be a good, a good time to actually cover that topic since well, we talk about real estate so much. Shout out! I, I want to thank you for coming, man. This was yeah. uh, <laughs> this is this has been a learning experience. Like just when you think you know somebody, that's a fact. <laughs> Follow me on the gram. <laughs> well, can you give everybody? Uh, yeah, <laughs> nah, that was great, man. And, and like I said, obviously we talk every day, but some, we don't have in depth conversations like this. So like when we even had to, when I was preparing for this, I'm like, I, I have questions because it's like I don't know these things. Like this is your expertise, so this is dope that we got to do this like that. Yeah, nah, this is like sure. our ten question segment that we have. Nah, nah, for <laughs> sure. Like I said, it's just little little tidbits. I think that's something that we want to try to just um, throw little gems in there on the podcast every once in a while, um, like from your area of expertise or yeah. my area of expertise. Like we can do like one per episode, like you know, once a month, something like that. Where you can just kind of like little tidbits, little financial tidbits yeah. to kind of help people out in, in their day to day life. And um, I think that that's something that could be beneficial. Yeah, man. It was, I, I'm sure that people are gonna take a lot from this. Hopefully, hopefully, yeah. hopefully Appreciate for sure. It. So, so yeah, I mean, I think that that's um that's 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 a good nostalgia. Yeah, man. A trip down memory lane. If, if you're OG, listen, <laughs> they're you like, can y'all bring? It? And what happened to the Nas intro? Listen, yeah, man, yeah. if y'all listening to us right now, 
we've covered licensing, licensing and trademarking. Licensing, yeah. So um, that that yes. you can read between the lines. We love Nas. Um, Shout out to Escobar. That is who I wanted to be when I was 11 years old. So we, we get, love Nas. We just gotta. We, we couldn't figure out how to get the music there. We gotta get Nas on the podcast. That's a fact. Nas, That's a fact. Nas is doing all kinds of different things in the venture capital space right now. So we gotta get him on the podcast. But before we go. Um, once again, once again, remind the DC pop out on us, man. We got crazy Saturday is going to be Rashana Scott, mobile home investors and wall street trapper Sunday. Our very first live podcast, the capital one arena with mm-hmm. Max Maxwell, Ash cash, Derek Falcon from homemade. Then we got a networking event after that. Then we, we got, got the, game. the game, the Wizards, Clippers game. Everybody that comes to the podcast has tickets to the game. And then Sunday night, DC it's on y'all. Y'all got to tell us where to go. Park, I think Park that's is what a, we had. Yeah, it? that's what I, I think. Park right. is the vibe. So, <laughs> DC, I can't wait. I can't wait to touch the town, man. I'm gonna come a little early, actually. Run, run, run down there, run around. It? Yeah, I'm gonna run around <laughs> DMV for a little bit. Yeah, and um, EYL University. Yeah, EYL shout University. to e- shout out to everybody on EYL University. Everybody's tuning in. All um of our guest webinar host. Uh, we got the credit dude. We had Sabine. Obviously, we have Matt. They're doing a tremendous job. We actually uh, did two two webinars ourselves. Uh, Andre Hatchet, shout out to him. He did the uh, the mobile notary. It's amazing, man. Like every week, we're, we're learning so much more. So shout out to everybody that is a member of EYLU, and shout out to everybody that's on Patreon. As we mentioned earlier, that's our proud to pay program. And I just want to give a quick shout out to some of our new members. Uh, K Dean, who's a tier four member, so you're gonna have access to EYL University. Uh, Dwayne, who, who's a new member, a, a tier four guy, so he'll he'll be getting EYL University. And uh, Samia, we spoke to her. Remember a few months back we spoke to Samia? She actually upgraded her her, her tier, so she went from a one tier. Now she's got tier four now, so she's gonna, she's gonna have access to to EYL University. And John, he's a new member. He actually just joined as we came on to do this episode. So shout out to everybody on Patreon.com. That's our proud to pay program. We already explained how it works. Five different tiers. Each tier has a different thing. Um, and now four and five, you have access to EYL University. So take advantage of that. And like we said, most importantly, man, you're going to get the information, but the application is definitely up to you. So make sure you take advantage of that. Yeah. And our merch, man. Shout out to everybody that's supporting yeah, the, the merch. merch. The merch, hoodies. We both got the hoodies out right now. Yeah. Um, and we're going we gonna to be dropping some some new merch soon. EYLU. A whole new collection. But EYL <laughs> University is something that we're really excited about because it's an online learning platform, but it's different. Cause it's not just like courses, it's it's um, Zoom classes. Mm. So these are like real, like you can, we have a different um, speakers mm-hmm. from everything from two or three, like the same podcast people that we have, like they like give, and even more, Yeah, they, they do classes for yeah. us. Cause we like, do a class also. Yeah, you, when you watch the podcast, it's not live, right? So it's tough to, if when you have a question, I know a lot of people pause the video or pause the audio and like write down, like they had a question like, EYL University, you could just literally raise your hand and have that question answered. So it's interactive. So make sure that if you're on EYL.com, uh, go to EYL University and see what it's all about. Nah, it's a vibe. It's a whole vibe. EYL University is a new wave. The, the the coolest way to learn on the internet right now. Um, it's dope. It's just yeah. dope all the way around. So I'm really excited about that. Um, and that's what we're pushing right now. And also, Jay-Z. Uh, that's our guy y'all know that um, yeah y'all know since we, we've been doing this y'all know that yeah so the book tip of this week is Jay-Z Made in America by Michael Eric Dyson he yeah. does Michael Eric Dyson's interesting he does he did his book on Nas yeah he like breaks down like these lyrics and he it's like hip-hop. yeah he, he he's kind of like what we do we need to get him on the podcast actually. yeah he's in DC too yeah he, he breaks down like hip hop and then like pop culture it's like a whole vibe that he does yeah so he just did the Jay-Z book that's his latest yeah it was dope because uh, uh, Jay actually Allow him to use some of the lyrics in the book. 
So it was dope that he used them and, and did a whole bunch of chapters on them. So check that out for sure. Yo, there you have it, man. Another one in the books. Ernest, ah. we love you forever, man. <laughs> That's a fact. Thank you for rocking with us. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big.